on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We give you the latest OU updates, including a recap of OU Pro Day. We talk about the spring game date and Baker Mayfield statue dedication being set. And we finish up with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, March 9th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in March from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play and Riverwind's $80,000 courtside cash giveaway. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, we're recording this at about 1.30 on Wednesday afternoon. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. If you want to sponsor the podcast, you can email theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com, and we will get you all of those details. We're both playing a road game. Ted, <laughs> we've been we've been all over the place, um, location wise and time wise, but we're making it work. We are we are making it work, and we figured this was the best way to do it. We just did what three hours, three and a half hours of OU Pro Day coverage, and we were like, let's just do the podcast right after it while it's fresh in our mind. And I mm-hmm. I still feel good about this decision. I do too. I think it's uh, I think it's the best way to do it. Now, all right, let's start. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. And you know, a guy we really haven't talked a ton about and, and didn't talk that much about when it came to his combine performance was Kennedy Brooks. And goes goes to Indianapolis, runs four five nine at the combine, had some improvement on the vert today in pro day. I believe he jumped thirty one inches at the combine jumped 35 and a half inches here at OU's pro day did 14 reps on the bench press. I, I thought it was all in all, it was a nice day for Kennedy Brooks. Yep. I think he, his athleticism is like, he's fast, doesn't look fast. And that's, you know, well-represented. We've talked about that for years with him, 
but he's moving. He covers ground. Uh, that four or five number, it's hard to run four or five at the combine, man. Like that, when you, when you log a four or five at the combine, that is legit. So that's a good number. And he's just incredibly productive. Could have been the all-time leading rusher at Oklahoma had he come back another year. Um, you know, I, I think he's a, a, a guy that translates to the next level well. He's got great vision. He's got uh, good patience. One cut is really, really good. Then he goes north and south. I thought he finished runs better this year than he had in the past. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, can he find the right fit? Does a coaching staff out there like what they see from him and can he get some carries in the preseason? Because like, I don't know what type of practice player he is. And I don't know like how well some of the things that you see from him translate in practice, right? Cause he's not, he, his runs don't look overly impressive, but whenever you get out there in a game, he just moves the chains. Um, so I, I think all of those things are positive. And I think another thing that is really good in his favor is does not get hurt. He is an incredibly durable player, and that factors in big time at running back. Yeah, and just just looking at his drills, how he looked in the pro day drills, smooth, efficient, uh, had some had some nice moments catching the football. I, I think that that is that is something that teams are going to wonder. Right, didn't do a ton of that in Lincoln Riley's offense. Didn't have a ton of those opportunities. Right catching the ball out of the backfield. I do think his ability to pass protect is a question mark. But when you just talk about what he's put on tape and what he did at the combine and what he did here at OU's Pro Day, I, I think he improved his stock, right? You, you, you kind of just make it, boil it down to a simple, okay, did he improve it or did he hurt it? And in no way do I think that Kennedy Brooks has hurt his stock. Like, Everyone knows about the contact balance and just how tough of a runner he is, the patience, all that stuff. And that shows up when these teams are evaluating film. But I think from an overall athleticism perspective, right, the 4.5940, the 10-foot broad jump, uh, improving the vert to 35 and a half here at Pro Day, you know, 14 reps on the bench. I think that anything over 10 for a running back, like I – I really don't know how much they care about that, but it, it seems like if anything, maybe he's more athletic than he looks on film. Which is like exactly kind of what we've, we've talked about, right? It's like, he's, it's kind of an anomaly. He, he is. And, you know, I think another thing that's kind of lost in here and I just thought about it right now, one fumble, isn't that right? For his entire career. And I think one fumble, and I, I, I'm not going to put our man Brooks's business out there, but let's just say not massive hands, not massive yeah. hands like he. Now that, I, now that I think about how I just said that out loud, that sounded really <laughs> weird. That's it. it I, I meant like he had a really small hand measurement at the combine. Well, it was like, it wasn't even eight inches, like, which is, I mean, it's a shockingly small hand for, for a guy his size, but maybe the small hands are the key to grip strength. Those are some small, strong hands. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but, you know, whenever you factor all that in, ball security, durability, production, and then it all checks out whenever you look at the numbers athletically. I mean, I, I think 
I think everything's looking positive for Kennedy Brooks right now. Yeah. All right, next guy. Let's talk some Mike Woods. And he he went to the combine, ran four five five in the forty, which is a good time at over two hundred pounds. And this this may sound sound dumb, but just watching him at pro day, you know, he had the thirty five and a half inch vert, which is an improvement on what he did at the combine. But the guy just looks like a pro. He moves like a pro. He he just has the physical stature that you're looking for in an NFL wide receiver. And I I got no idea where he's going to get drafted, but the way that he carries himself, the movements, like everything, it it looks like a professional wide receiver. I don't know how else to say it other than that. And frankly, he looks like an elite wide receiver. Just the, I don't, and this kind of just speaking to what you're talking about, he looks, he looks long. He looks athletic. He looks comfortable in his routes, but fast and efficient in his cuts are sharp, but it doesn't look like he's straining incredibly hard to run them. I, I, I can't help but to come away thinking, how in the hell is this guy not like a 1,200-yard receiver for us last year? And I know exactly. he, he went through some some injury issues, but, man, he looks really good right now. Yeah, he he's one of those guys you see him going through the combine and through pro day, and you're like, wait, what? How did this – and remember, he was productive at Arkansas, right? We yeah. were so excited when the, it, it got announced that he was transferring, but, yeah, it's been – it's led to – me looking at some of those those situations being like, how the hell did they not get a guy like that to football more? It just doesn't make sense, man. No, but I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with how he's looked over the last, last several weeks. Like today, uh, he stuck out. He really stuck out. Now, it was, it was kind of a smaller group, um, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, NFL representation there. You know, like we're used to having, you know, the number one overall quarterback Heisman Trophy winner there or a guy like Jalen Hurts where you've just got tons of NFL personnel there. It was a little quieter day, but, I mean, just walking around, he's the guy that stuck out to me, that, that the guy that looks like he really belongs at the next level. Yeah, I guarantee you a lot of teams are going to target him and trying to, I don't know when on day three, because that's probably what he is, right? A day three guy. But there are going to be a lot of teams that think they're super smart. Like, hey, we're going to get Mike Woods in the fifth. Watch us. And then he's going to end up going like late third or something like, yeah. or early fourth. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him when it comes to the draft. Jeremiah Hall, huge day for him. I, I mean, it, and I talked to Jeremiah about it. He was not, he was not overly pleased with how he tested at the combine, right? I, I think that everything that goes into going to the combine, you know, all of the interviews, all of the psychological testing, all of that stuff that we've talked about, I, I think that it was a really demanding couple of days on Jeremiah Hall, and he thinks that affected his performance physically. So for him to come out, and run a four seven nine forty, and to increase his vertical to a thirty three inch vert, and, and to go through all those running back drills and look really smooth and efficient, 
and to be able to run routes and do all these things. I, I thought pro day was a much better representation of the type of football player and kind of overall athlete that he is. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought he thought he showed really well was, was smooth and efficient. I think the, the kind of the pressure being off after running that four, eight, what was the first one? Four, eight, three or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's remember he did that, but his official, remember they adjusted like his, his official time at the combine was four, nine, six. Yeah, well, I'm saying today, like his oh, first yeah, yeah. four eight, he ran four yeah, eight I think something four eight three and then four seven nine. I think when he ran that four eight three and got way under that that four nine, you know, bad looking number. I think the pressure came off, and the second time he he blazed that four seven. It looked really good, um, and he's a guy that it, it's really about checking the boxes. Like the film and like whenever you call his coach and ask about him and, and, and you just look at all the different positions and special teams and all the different ways that he can factor into a football team, that's going to be the thing that really sets him apart. And his route running. You know, I what, what, working some of those releases and stuff out there today looked really good. And and maybe the most impressive thing, right? We've We've talked a lot about confidence since we've been doing this podcast and how, how important it is when it comes to playing football at a high level. This is what I'll say. Jeremiah Hall, spandex all day. Never put shorts on. It's a confident guy, Ted. That It, it takes a certain amount of confidence and comfortability with yourself to rock the spandex only for the entirety of Pro Day. Don't see that all the time. Yeah, and... Lighter colored spandex, yes. too, not the black. Okay, a lighter gray. I mean, we're talking bold decisions from our man bold, Jeremiah. Really bold decisions, which, hey, it tells me, and it should tell any high level scout that this guy's focused right now. Everything else, other than the performance, totally eliminated from the mindset. Yeah, and a lot of belief in himself. It's important. <laughs> right. It's important. Everything right. matters. Everything matters. All right, the two offensive linemen, Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson. Tyrese Robinson improves the 40, right? Run, ran a 5-1-3 at OU's Pro Day. Man, I thought he looked good moving around in the drills. I, I thought that he looked efficient with his footwork. He, he's clearly a guy that's going to play inside in the NFL. It'll help him having all of that tackle film, like, because – if you're an interior swing guy, like if you have the ability to play some tackle, if the team really gets in a pinch, that adds value. And I, I just thought that overall, Tyrese and Marquise Hayes, they, they, they looked good in the drills. Um, you know, they did quite a bit of the testing stuff. You know, those numbers aren't going to blow you away from either of those guys. It, it still all comes down to what they've put on film. But as far as going through the drills, I thought they looked efficient with their movement. Still, some of the drills that they put offensive linemen through, where they're like, they're they're kick setting and then they're they're post setting, and then they want them to turn and run backwards as fast as they can. You're like, what are they what are they doing? But overall, they went through some drills in pro day that Bill Beatonbow has them do every single day, like two bag punch drill, like these, these things that they're doing, they, 
they've done that stuff. And that's why they look so good doing it is because they've, they've been training for this stuff for years and all offensive linemen at the college level are doing some variation of that drill. But I, I thought overall that, that Tyrese looked really good with how fluid and, and efficient he was with his movements. And we've talked about Marquise, like someone's going to fall in love with the attitude, the pro day setting. He, he can't, he, he can't just come out and bully the guy holding the bag. Like it's just this, the combine and pro day setting like that's, it's really not a reflection of what Marquise is as a player because his attitude that like mean streak is such a big part of who he is as a player. Yep. Yep. And that stuff sticks out on film. Like for sure. You, you can see the way he plays on film, uh, road grader. And, you know, we've talked about this. That also is something that you see routinely with offensive linemen coming out of Oklahoma and NFL scouting departments. They know that they get used to that. And whenever you say, this guy's a Bill Biedenbow guy or an Oklahoma offensive lineman. There's, there's some things that are built into that. And, you know, whenever you're coached by Bill Biedenbow, the scouting departments in the NFL, like that is cooked in. There's been so many guys come out that have been coached by Bill. Uh, toughness, physicality, uh, aggressiveness, and really technical, coached really well. That stuff you know, that means something to those scouts and, and you start to not that you're getting drafted off of what other players have done previously, but it does factor in that, Hey, there's a high hit rate with Bill Beanbow coach guys. Absolutely. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where there's, where those guys end up going in the draft. I think they'll both get drafted, or at least I would anticipate both of them. Certainly Marquise is going to get drafted. We'll see what happens with Tyrese. But uh, I think that that NFL teams knowing that they were well coached in college, like that helps a lot. It, it really does. And not only the physical, like the technique aspect, like the mental part of the game, like Bill is one of the best, if not the best at teaching his linemen, the mental part of football and actually teaching them why they're doing things, how to do it, what the defense is trying to do. Like, he's fantastic at that. And, you know, I know Tyrese is going to play guard at the next level, but the fact that he played tackle and did so really effectively and to show that you've got some position flexibility in case something goes down, because you're limited numbers-wise in the NFL. So if you've got a guy that, has shown that he can kick out and play tackle. Number one, position flexibility if something should come up. But number two, I, it really shows you that like you get exposed at tackle if you're not really good, uh, you know, technically, you know, being able to go through all the techniques, stay in front of a guy. I think that uh, the fact that he did that played quite a bit of tackle probably helps him a decent amount. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's talk about the defensive guys at Pro Day. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. 
That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see the red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of your Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery, soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. And use the promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. And oh my God, what is that, Gabe? Is that fancy corn? It is a blue corn, fancy corn hat. Cartoon blue, fancy corn designed by our friends at Opolis. It is now available at opolisclothing.com. Use promo our code prayers TED. have been answered. We've got... Fancy corn merch. Unbelievable. Remember, promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off, buttery soft, and 10% off. All right, defensive guys at OU Pro Day. Perrion Winfrey didn't do anything. And there's really there's really nothing to say other than he tweaked his hammy at the NFL Combine. And the NFL Combine was only a couple days ago. So that's where... You know, this quick turnaround for OU's pro day, it didn't allow Perrion to have nearly enough time to to recover from that tweak and, and to get out there and go through drills or anything. But was able to run the 489 at the combine. And with what he did at the senior bowl, man, you talk about a guy that has had a massive pre-draft process. I mean, he has helped himself as much as any prospect in this draft. But it is a bummer because I would have loved to see him go through drills because I just know, you know, you at the defensive linemen, they go through all the drills where guys are holding the pad. I know he would have tried to knock the guy over, and that would have been so much fun for you and I to watch. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. You know, the, the fact that Pro Day was so close to the combine, um, you know, I don't even know if it's a negative for Perion. I think that he has built up enough credibility right now with Senior Bowl, with with going out there and blowing out a four eight. The way he's kind of carrying himself right now, the confidence that he has. I'm sure the interviews went great. I I I don't think anything could have happened out there that necessarily would have would have helped him more. I agree. It would have been awesome to see him do some of those drills, just like the personality he brings right now is, is a lot of fun, but you know, I think the hay is in the barn for him and, you know, honestly, just kind of broadly for all of the guys, it's nice to have something, a quick turnaround to where you don't have another two weeks to sit there and think about it nonstop. Right. And have that anxiety to be able to get it over with pretty quickly, I think was probably welcomed by a lot of those guys. Yeah. It would have been fun to watch though. And it would have been, there would have been the craziest look. I think there would have been uh, a lot more NFL representation there if he was going to be working out. Yeah. I'm sure they notified 
all the teams that he, he wasn't going to go. Guy that did work out, Nick Benito. Now, it didn't run the 40 again, and he definitely shouldn't, right? 4-5-4 four, four at the NFL Combine. Uh, sat on a lot of those testing numbers, but he did bench when I don't think he did it at the Combine, or at least I don't remember him doing it, but ended up getting 22 reps. That's good enough, right? Like now you you want you want guys throwing up 30, like sure, but 20 for for guys that play at the line of scrimmage, usually 20. If you can hit over 20, then it's not necessarily a red flag. So for Benito, and he went with the close grip. Teddy, he went yeah. Teddy Lehman style, went real close with the grip on the bench, hit 22. I, I thought that was good enough for him, but yeah, man, he looked he looked smooth in some of the drills. Smooth, efficient. Like he's he's got more of a he's got more of a smooth style to what he does than like some guys just look explosive and aggressive, and another guy looks like smooth and controlled. And then you go compare like the times and the numbers, and it's like, how do these look the same? One of one of these guys is you know, looks way more explosive and on the edge of out of control. He's just got that smooth nature to him. I think all of his numbers are, I, I think they're, they're right in line, like four five forty at close to 250 pounds. He looks good right now. Physically. That's a good number for him. Shuttle broad jump, Bert. Like there's no numbers that, that have you questioning anything. And they're, they're probably for guys of his size in that category. They're probably upper third for most of those guys, right? And most of those numbers, it's probably where he's at. Um, the bench, maybe, maybe not so much, but uh, I thought he looked good in the drills. Uh, he was able to show like one of the best things that he has is that, that hip bend and the, uh, the ability to dip and get under those offensive linemen. And he looked pretty good in some of the drills doing that. So I thought it was a, it was a good showing so far the combine and in pro day have gone good for Nick Benito my question is, is whenever they get into the, the film review, you know, I, I think there's going to be some questions about the motor, right? Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that, like, typically you think of an edge rusher as a relentless motor guy that's always on, always, you know, just at all costs trying to get to the football. I think there may be some question marks there. Yeah, he's... He's got the ability to bend, and and you saw that on Pro Day with him going through those bag drills. I mean, he's barely off the ground getting around a couple of those bags. I, I thought they it was clear to me when they were going through the drills, like they wanted to see what kind of pop he had just hitting a bag like at the line of scrimmage, like in it from a stand-up position. And right. He had some some good moments this season playing the run, but he also had some where you're like, dang. That tackle, that tackle's kind of getting after him. So that's definitely a question mark as well. But he's added size for sure. Looks stronger for sure. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting evaluation for teams. He's he's complicated, man. He's a complicated prospect. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. And you know, he he did some inside backer drills, which that tells you that there's some not hesitation, but where exactly does he fit in an NFL defense? Is he, are, are we sure that he's an edge guy or 
is he big enough and long enough and physical enough at the point of attack against a tackle or a big blocking tight end, or is he going to be more of an inside backer type? So it's all things to watch there with Nick. Yeah, for sure. All right. Isaiah Thomas took part in pro day as well. He sat on all of his numbers when it comes to the broad jump, uh, the vert and the 40 from the combine. Remember that four, seven Oh 40 at the combine for it was, was a really good number. He did bench at pro day, got 23 reps. He's, he's a, he's just a football player, man. I mean, you see, you see the numbers, the, the four, seven Oh, and the 40 at 266 pounds is probably the most impressive number that he put up in this process. But I, I keep going back to this. Like, is he going to wow you with his fluidity in the bag drills and all that stuff? Like, no, but when you turn the tape on 95 shows up over and over and over again. And you, you talked about the motor being a question mark for Benito. That ain't a question mark for Isaiah Thomas. This guy plays like his hair is on fire and he's been, he's been consistent and productive and some teams will look past maybe him not having the ideal measurables and they'll say, Hey, we love that guy because he's got versatility along the defensive line. He can play inside. He can play outside. And he plays his ass off. And that means a lot. A lot of teams are going to like that. Yeah. And you typically, for defensive linemen, don't think about special teams. But he's a guy that's fast enough to be a kickoff coverage guy. He's, he's fluid enough of an athlete to be a pump protection guy. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different places you could put him and, you know, depending on the scheme, hand down traditional four, three defensive end. Uh, I think his frame, cause he's a, he's a tall guy. He's got long arms. Uh, what two sixty six he weighed. Yeah. That he can carry 280 pounds easy and be a three, four defensive end. So like there's, there's a lot of possibilities with him key for him. Get to camp. Once he gets to camp, I'm not too worried about him uh, showing that he's a really good football player. No, I'm with you. Okay, a guy that you and I both agreed, man, he just – he probably looked the best of anyone during pro day. That's Brian Asamoah. I mean, he, only thing he did, he, he sat on all of his numbers uh, from the combine. Remember that four, five, six, forty, that 36-and-a-half-inch vert, uh, broad jump 10-4 which is a big-time broad jump, benched today, hit 23 reps, kind of checks the box. But, man, you talk about a guy that looked good in the drills. Holy smokes. Like, his, his bounce, his twitch, his suddenness, whatever, whatever you want to call it, man. I mean, he, he's absolutely got it. Yep. He looked fantastic. Physique-wise, he looks shredded, but like, like bulked up in the right areas, has a really good looking build to him. Um, here's the one thing I wish he would have ran a 40 because four, five, six at the combine is really fast, less pressure, a track you're familiar with. And, you know, we talked to him in that interview and in some training stuff, he had touched some four, four, right. 
Uh, you go out there and you get four, four, nine, four, four, eight on a couple of watches. Like that is a game changer, right? And I know it's just a couple of hundreds, right? But that's a game changer. So, um, but still like that four, five, six number at the combine is totally legit. And you're right, man. He's so explosive, but like whenever you, once or twice in my life, I felt really fresh, really energized, felt really good. And like, you're, you, you're, you're bouncing and you feel good. Like he looks like that nonstop, right? Yeah. He looks like he weighs 125 pounds and is like floating on air is how light he looks in his body. And man, he's just so under control and the way he redirects and changes direction. I thought he was today was as impressive as I've ever seen him look. And he didn't even do that much. Right. 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 He did a couple of movement drills and I was over there like, Oh my God, he looks good. The one, one of them that he did, like he simulate, simulate and dropping in zone coverage and then kind of a deep cross coming into his zone and then turning and running with it. He looked like a damn safety. Doing it just zero to full speed in two steps, right? It was, that's one where I was like, man, I mean, he, he looks, he looks the part and it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes in the draft. Remember he, he had that good senior bowl where he was voted linebacker of the week by his teammates, but yeah, he, he looked good at pro day. Okay. Delaren Turner yell didn't do anything, right? We didn't see him do a single thing. No, nope. He, He, well, when you run four four seven at the NFL Combine, see ya. Yeah, I suppose you don't do anything like that. That time, remember last time we were recording, he was running four four seven. Listen, I thought I loved I loved DTY as a player. I loved his aggressiveness. I loved how intelligent of a player he was. I did not know he was a four four guy. I didn't. Either. I, I didn't know that. Nope. He's four four. Um, and 10 2 broad as well. So, like, got explosiveness. There's, there's some guys, especially in the secondary, that are, that are fast. But when they're fast, they're kind of, uh, I don't know how, like, there's not much to them, right? There's not a lot of thump there. Like, He's a heavy built dude that brings the dome whenever he comes down and hits people. Like he is a knockback tackler. So I, I was shocked to see that number, honestly. And I had never asked or inquired about what he may run and and talked about like with the strength and conditioning staff, like what they expected. But for whatever reason, I thought like he's gonna be like a four six guy. And I have no reason to even think that it's not like, like, and I wouldn't say that he plays slow. I don't know where I came up with that number. Uh, I mean, I guess obviously an idiot for thinking it because he's fast and the dude comes downhill. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons maybe we, we always were a big fan of like his anticipation, his ability to recognize formation, shift motions, anticipate what the, the offense was about to do. Like he, he was kind of, the intellectual leader of that defense. Well, look at what happened whenever he wasn't in there. Exactly. Like, they fell apart. Now it turns out like 
he was also pretty damn fast with that anticipation. So yeah, yeah, we we probably gave it credited it to him being in the right position and knowing what he was doing. He's just a smart player. He's a smart player. Way more to it than that. Like, yeah. Congratulations. All right. and, uh, that's, last that's couple good. guys, Laurent Stokes, big day for him. Um, now I don't think Laurent Stokes is an NFL player, but came out, ran four, nine, uh, had a 33 and a half inch vert. Remember there are all kinds of different pro leagues now popping up. You got the USFL back. You've got the XFL back. With what the with what the Rock is doing, so maybe maybe you can catch on in one of those leagues. That would be sweet. Getting paid to play football for a living is fun, so maybe it works out for him. Yeah, and the other thing is, you never know who you may um, whose whose eye you may catch. Get into camp, man. If you can find your way into camp, you just you never know what's going to happen. You get out there in a couple of preseason games get some time, uh, get some film out there against other NFL talent, and maybe someone has a need somewhere. Maybe your own, the team that you're on uh, goes through a bout of injuries and you're able to make a roster You just or a practice squad. You just never know. Yep. All right. Oh, and Burkitt's kicked. I mean, kicker's kick. That's what they do. Um, Made that, most of them. Missed a couple, but he was Burkitt. Yeah, he's Burkitt. I'm sure the interviews Mustache. were hilarious. No shirt and gold chain, just like you would expect. I wish he would have kicked with the no shirt. He weighed in with no shirt, which is a bold decision for a kicker, but, you know, not bad. <laughs> I wish he would have kicked shirtless. That that would have gotten my attention, right? That uh, would have been frankly, a little Frankly, I'm shocked that he didn't kick shirtless. And almost like you would think that he had like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth or something while he's kicking. That, that <laughs> would have added something to it, like Nigel Gruff style from like the replacement. Like this guy's got something, yeah. Yeah. All right. Spring game date is set. We'll talk about it. But first, attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A. Dot com. Guys, the weather is getting warmer. Well, no, not actually, but it will get warmer at some point. We promise. Think. <laughs> but it's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. All right. OU announced the date for the spring game, April 23rd, which is a Saturday, at 3 p.m. Before we get into the Baker Mayfield statue dedication, what do we think of the kickoff time? Because I know. Ever since we had that one Friday night kickoff, 
for the spring game a couple of years ago. You've been you've been hoping that it would come back. And Ted, we 3 p.m. on a Saturday, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, here's the thing. Personally, would it be best for me if we did it on a Friday night? Yes. But it's not best for the football team. It's not best for the program. It's not best for most people trying to get out there to watch it. So I'm totally fine with it. Um, hopefully we have good weather. You never know in the spring. Weather's always a critical factor whenever it comes to the spring game. Um, I don't mind it. Y- you can't get – it's a big day for recruiting, the spring game is. And you can't get as many high school kids out there on Friday. It's tough to do that. So Saturday makes sense. Three o'clock kick is fine. You get time with the recruits early. You've got the Baker Mayfield stuff that's going to be going on early. I think it works. And I'll tell you right now, man, with all of the different things that have happened recently, the energy in the fan base is awesome. I expect a huge crowd. I really do. 70? Yeah. Or more. That's I with everything that has happened over the last couple months and the fact that in the press release I I mean it, it's not like coach Venables didn't lay it out there in plain English like he issued a challenge to the fan base in the press release he said, my challenge to the fans is to fill up the stadium. As we, as we say all the time inside our walls, best is the standard. Let's pack the palace. I, I don't know what else he could say other than that. Like the man, the man wants the place full. He wants it full. And there's a reason he wants it full. It's not to sell a bunch of tickets, which is a nice byproduct. It is to show recruits that Oklahoma is the best environment in the country to play football. We see spring games across the the SEC all the time that are packed. Tons of people out there to watch the spring game. That has an impact on recruits. It does. It really does. And that's what they're trying to create here. And yeah, it's we are trying to sell that we are the best program in the country, right? We can't say that if our spring game isn't an unbelievable atmosphere. If our, our words fall empty, if we're telling our recruits that are coming in, this is the best place in the country to play football. Oklahoma has one of the best fan bases, one of the most tradition, tradition rich programs this is where it is. And you show up and there's, you know, 25,000 people there and it's just a, a quiet atmosphere. And then you, you know, you either go on a revisit or you turn on ESPN and see Alabama or Georgia or one of those places that have a hundred thousand people there on a spring game. And you say, well, is it really the best? That's what he's talking about whenever he's challenging the fan base. Get out there and create the environment that an elite level program would have. If if Lincoln Riley leaving and then Brent Venables getting hired wasn't enough to make the fan base fired up to show up, 
the fact that quite possibly the most loved OU player ever is getting a statue unveiled. Man, I, I don't know. Is it is it unreasonable of, of me to think that 80,000 people are going to show up? Because new quarterback, like a new quarterback is always something that gets people out there. Like we got we got a new offense, new quarterbacks, some new guys, new you know, defense spread throughout. Yeah. And then Baker Mayfield getting his Heisman statue. And it I, I think I read the press release correctly. The dedication of the statue will be immediately after the game. So if you want to see Baker's statue, you oh, got to stick around. Really? Okay. That is, that's smart. That's, that's just smart business. You know, you're, you're going to sell some more concessions that way. I see, I see what you're doing. OU football. Look at the big brain on you. Well, and the other thing is I, when you have it early, I, it is, it is more difficult. I think you, it's easier to maybe convince people to stay than it is to show up way early for something, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I, Man, I'm skeptical the stadium will be full. But if anyone can get the people to show up, it's Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. I mean, just with, with how this fan base feels about him. All right, let's get on to call your shot. There was only one question we could ask. What pose, if it was up to you, what pose would Baker Mayfield be in in his statue? On his statue? For the statue? I don't know how to phrase that. But this one comes from Robert Reed, who says the Baker scamper when he runs like the first toddler to hit the beach. <laughs> when he's got his arms swinging. When he got his arms there. going. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, I lo- That was one of my favorite things about Baker Mayfield is it's entertaining to watch someone that loves what they're doing. Right. And when you watched him play college football, there was no hiding the fact that the men loved what he was doing and it was just awesome to watch. Yeah. Uh, This one comes from at chili water four Oh five who says, uh, the best way to capsulize Baker for eternity has to be one of him hyping up the crowd or his teammates. That's epic. Baker can't do the flag plant or crotch grab too touchy for those with thin skin. Uh, yeah, probably too, too touchy, but I would really love the flag plant. That would be I don't I don't think that's what it's going to be, but that would make for like one of the coolest statues ever. That would yes, and it would it would cause absolute outrage. It cause more first of all, there it was clear when this got announced that a lot of people don't realize that if you win a Heisman, you get a statue at Oklahoma. I people are, were I a lot of people were clearly unaware of that, but the flag plant would be so good. Oh my God. How mad would the people at Ohio state be? It would be incredible. It does bring up a sensitive subject to a lot of his professional teams, fans in that area. There's a lot of Cleveland Browns fans that are, some of those people have turned on him already. So, I mean, who cares? (laughs) Right. But it, that, that moment was so awesome. So uh, awesome. Th- and it's everything that you want in a sport, frankly. The fact that 
what was it, Herb Street, and everyone lost their mind over it, and he had to apologize. I thought that was ridiculous. And this this is probably the best one. It comes from Ben Thorpe on Twitter, who says the statue should be him wearing the gold cowboy hat and his sheriff mustache, planting a flag with one hand and grabbing his crotch with the other. <laughs> and a Fayetteville police officer in pursuit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just get all this, all the big storylines for Baker all in one statue. Oh, oh that's, that's awesome. pretty good. All right, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week, but we can't do it until we do birthday shout outs. Ted, come on. Let's what go. are we talking about? Let's go. Happy second birthday to Fielding Bosworth. Kinder, 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 K I N D E R. Kinder, what a name. That is awesome. Uh, happy fourth birthday to Jackson Everett Caldwell. Happy 23rd birthday to Derek Williams. Happy 29th birthday to Colin Fuller. Happy 29th birthday to Mac Hayes. Happy 31st birthday to Dr. Keith Boosty Johnson. What a name. Happy 32nd birthday to Jayton Carey. Happy 35th birthday to Christopher Johnson. Happy 38th birthday to Dr. Eric Rouse. Happy 38th birthday to Jacob Gutierrez. Happy 39th birthday. Wait, is that the Jacob Gutierrez OU football, Jacob Gutierrez? The the age matches up. Huh. We'll get our research department on that. What a dud. Happy 39th birthday to Roger, a.k.a. Big Sherm. Happy 57th birthday to Greg Potts. Happy 90th birthday to Dr. Royce Hinkle and a couple of last second additions. Happy 16th birthday to Larissa Grace Gunter and happy third birthday to Virginia Hicks. All right, let's do winners and losers of the week. But first, Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition. You do this one now. You got it. My bad. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis College Prep Curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered if you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development. For your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available, and they do have a Hall of Fame for former outstanding athletes like Gay Biker. Thank you for mentioning that. If you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. you got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from the blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcony's Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition, Beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen became the first American distillery ever to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. 
If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but of course, the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Well, the winner of the week is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is sticking around. And I know there seems to be uh, a lot of talk out there about how could the Green Bay Packers pay what they're reportedly going to pay for a guy as old as Aaron Rodgers is, which I find to be totally ridiculous. The guy is still at the top of his game. Just so everyone knows, 37 touchdowns, just four interceptions last year. That's the good. Green, yeah. The Green Bay Packers are nowhere close to as good as they are without Aaron Rodgers. With Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, they've got a great shot at getting to the Super Bowl and perhaps winning the Super Bowl. And I know everyone wants to bring up, well, he hasn't been back and he hasn't won one. He's only got one. Fine. I understand that. See what they are without Aaron Rodgers. They're not any, they're a shell of what they are right now. When you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you do absolutely everything within your power to keep him. The Green Bay Packers are a winner. I, it doesn't matter what percentage of the salary cap it's going to cost it, cost them. You have to do everything you can to keep Aaron Rodgers. He makes literally every single player on your offense way better than they are without him. You have to keep the guy. Yeah, and I think they, they tagged Devontae Adams too, right? So yeah. now – We'll see if they're able to work out a long-term agreement, but Rodgers knowing that he'll at least have Devontae Adams. Now that's that's if Devontae Adams is willing to go out there and play under the franchise tag, which, you know, some guys, that, that can be a difficult which, decision to make. That's going to be a huge number for wide receiver this year, right? It's got to yeah. be. I mean, he's, he's going to be making good money, but I'm sure he he's wanting that long-term security when yep. it comes to that deal. I. I'm a little surprised you didn't go with the uh, the Washington Commanders for trading for Carson Wentz. <laughs> Washington yeah. fans have to be so sad, man. Which, okay, but that's the point. That's a great point that ties in. When you don't have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you're scrambling to do anything that you can to find someone that is adequate, that can can help you win football games. There's 10 guys on the planet that are elite game changers in the NFL at quarterback. There's some guys that are really, 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 really good, but there's only a tiny, tiny, tiny handful of guys that are like Aaron Rodgers. And I would, I would contend that there's no one like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And it was, it was hilarious, right? Rappaport put the, put the numbers out there and Aaron Rodgers hit Twitter. It was like, numbers aren't right. That's not true. I was just like, this is, this is so awkward, but Hey, he's staying well, in green Bay. That's all that matters. And you know, I, I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but you know, it, it sounds like maybe going to be a, a cap friendly deal. Here's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. I, I just, I don't think that at this point in his career, that this is a money grab, right? 
he could, if he would have gone onto the open market, he would have commanded an unbelievable amount of money. I, I think at this point, the more important thing for him is not going to be what does the contract look like is getting to that second Super Bowl, right? Because once you get Super Bowl number two, you're in a, a different group of characters. Yep. All right. Who do you, is your, who do you have as your loser of the week? defenses in the AFC West. <laughs> Just dang. Unbelievable. The four quarterbacks in the AFC West right now are ridiculous. And I know Derek Carr has some haters out there, but the guy still is a stat stuffer and that offense has been in been pretty good even though they went through a crazy year. But Mahomes, Carr, uh, Herbert and Russell Wilson now in the AFC West. No rest for the weary defensively in that uh, that division. That's going to be brutal. That is brutal. What what do you think about what the Seahawks gave or what the Seahawks got from the Broncos? What two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder, uh, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, Andrew Locke for Russell Wilson and a fourth rounder. Seems pretty fair like if Russell Wilson plays like Russell Wilson a couple of years ago then the Broncos are going to be more than happy giving up that draft capital but he's got to get back to like MVP type level play we'll, we'll see if he does right I know he had the finger last year some weird dynamics going into that season but I don't know man it's it's a lot to give up but once again it's similar to the Rodgers debate like there's only a handful of those quarterbacks out there you have a chance to right. get one. And it's not an apples-to-apples apples situation, right? You're Seattle. Tons of rumors last year that he absolutely wanted out, right? He's, right. He's, he's done with Seattle. He wants to leave. He's done there. So you have to factor that in as an organization. Like, Do we want to pay above and beyond for a guy that we really know isn't locked in and doesn't want to be here? Right. You kind of have to factor that in. And if you can get all of those things, I, I, I think Drew Locke is a capable quarterback. The situation there in Denver wasn't great for him. Um, it's not like I expect him to go compete and try and win a, a Super Bowl there at Seattle. But all things considered, it all depends on what you make of those picks, right? You know, just like Russell Wilson was a third rounder for Seattle, if that would have been a third rounder that they got in a trade, you would have been saying whoever gave him that third rounder is an idiot. And that was a great win for Seattle. So time will tell what happens with those picks and who they get. Yeah. All right. For my winner of the week, thought about going with our guy, Orlando Brown made three pro bowls in a row. He got franchise tagged and by the chiefs. We'll see if they're, they're able to come to a long-term deal at some point, but I believe that means he will make just South of $17 million to play guaranteed money guaranteed money under the franchise tag so not a terrible day for for our man orlando brown by the way we got to get him back here on the pod it, it's been too long also i thought about going with kirk herb street peter <laughs> king put it out there the reports are out there herb street's going to be amazon's main analyst for thursday night football and also likely to stay on with espn slash abc for all the stuff he does in college He's going to be making a lot of money. That's a, that's a, that's a big check coming Herb he's, Street's way. He's probably going to be clo making close to 
28 million bucks or so, right? Or more? I like total, like combined. Total. I combined, yeah. Yeah. I I would say it's probably closer to like 15 total. Like I think he makes 6 at uh, ESPN. Okay. I think like I, I'm talking a year. I don't know yeah, how yeah. much Amazon's going to pay him. Well, I I thought it was going to be close to that 20 million mark that they had offered Aikman, right? Is Herb Street? I listen. It could be. Maybe. Maybe even if he gets fifteen, right? Then he's he's making north of twenty million. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is once that number gets out and someone turns it down, it's like, okay, I know how much you're willing to pay. Exactly. Who's your next? Who's your next choice? Uh, maybe the better question is, who is Kirk Herb Street's agent? No doubt. I'm sure you talk about a leverage position, but my winner of the week, the OKC Thunder's draft position. It's only going to get better because things have gotten bad. <laughs> Team is 20 and 45, got 17 games left for the Thunder, and they're going to lose a lot of them because the team announced Lou Dort will miss the remainder of the season after having surgery to fix the torn labrum. Ty Jerome, surgery for a sports hernia. Mike Muscala had ankle surgery. So what that means, people, is we are going to continue to see some of the most brutal lineup combinations in the NBA on the floor for the Thunder. And that's going to lead to a lot of losses. And hopefully they end up with a really, really good draft pick. Hopefully the ping pong balls bounce their way because even as great as Shea Gilgis Alexander is, and he's fantastic to watch. He's playing at an extremely high level since the all-star break. We're still going to have to watch Poku. And no offense to the Oklahoma State fans, but we're going to get a lot of Lindy Waters, Vit Kredji, Olivier Saar. We could see all those guys on the court at the same time. I've seen it already, Ted. It, it, it hurts my soul to watch, but <laughs> big picture. Yeah, it's a glorified yeah, AAU big team. picture. <laughs> big picture in mind. Oh, it's going to be sad. Yeah, big picture. Yeah, we knew what this was going to be. We knew it was going to be an extended rebuild. So I I wouldn't be shocked if you saw SGA come down with a, tight a tweak hammy. or something, tight hammy, and miss some real some extended uh, time down the stretch here. Nice. All right, for my loser of the week, thought about going with Calvin Ridley. $1,500 on three parlays that end up costing him what 11 million dollars in salary do we know if he even won like what if he didn't even win any money on the 1500 bets it was like a three leg a five leg and an eight leg parlay he lost them all oh yeah you know yeah. he did <laughs> absolutely but calvin just have your buddy place the parlay bets man don't just i know a lot of people are you know well the nfl's got gambling sponsors listen the rules the rule just be smart. It's an it seems awfully harsh, man, but hey. Fifteen hundred bucks to lose eleven million. Oh my gosh. And it, just bet with your teammates on your college teams, right? You're gonna win all of those. And you just bully everyone into betting against you, right? Yeah. He went to Bama. Yeah. All you do is just find the players that play on the team that you're playing that week and bully them into betting you. That's how you do it. You would have made you would have made a couple thousand dollars. 
There's no oh, doubt. The one thing I will say that I'm really interested in is I, I want to know exactly how they found out. They, it, it got reported by the betting company. They, they had like, he used his email. He did it from his phone. And there's a system that like the NFL has got a watchdog for all that. And it, they red flagged it and sent it to the league. That see, that not is not much really, of an investigation. I know, but I don't know what the, like the legality of it. Yeah. That, cause that seems very it, big brother, very big brother. And I don't know like what the, uh, like maybe there's something that you have to sign now. I'm sure it's since, in. since it's in the contract now that, they have these connections that, that they can use that, but I don't know. I thought that was, that was really interesting. Yeah. So also thought about going with Deion Sanders, man. Sounds like that was a scary situation, right? Like his whole leg was in jeopardy, but remember they thought originally that he may, he may die, right? This is yeah. way back whenever he first had the surgery. Yeah. Wow. So ends up having his big toe and his second toe on his left foot amputated mm. and Brutal. Is it bad that my initial thought was, hmm, I wonder now missing two toes, how fast he can still run a 40? Is that, does that make me a bad person? No, no. I'd pay to probably see it. still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but my loser of the week, the Atlantic Sun Conference, or maybe it's the NCAA. I don't, I, I blame everyone involved. Bellerman. Yes, everyone knows. Bellerman. They beat Jacksonville in the A Sun Conference Tournament final. They stormed the court, everything. Joy is being had by all involved, except they don't get to go to the NCAA tournament. Bellerman is not eligible for the NCAA tournament because it's only in year two of a four-year transition to Division One. So uh, according to ESPN, Bellerman is the first men's basketball team in the past 25 seasons to win their conference tournament when they weren't eligible for postseason play. So I guess the A-Sun didn't have to let them play in it, but they did, and they ended up winning. And the bid goes to the conference's regular season champ, Jacksonville State, who lost in the semis of the conference tournament. This violates everything that is sacred when it comes to college basketball in the month of March. I will not stand for it. It is ridiculous. All those people ran on the court. The players are going nuts. They get to go to the tournament. This is the rules. I don't care about this four-year period. It doesn't matter. A couple of questions. Did Bellerman know when they stormed the court after the win that they it didn't matter they weren't going to the tournament? They did. Okay. Did Was Jacksonville State, would they have made the tournament anyways? Or did they need the automatic bid that they ended up getting? Needed the auto bid. That is awesome. <laughs> right? If you're Jacksonville State, you're like, this like, is incredible. Bellerman, let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, if Jacksonville would have won, they would have gone, and Jacksonville State would have been out. So I'm sure they were massive, massive Bellerman, which, by the way, ends in M-I-N-E, but everyone – all the announcers call it Bellerman. So I hope I could be saying it completely wrong. I'm just repeating what I heard. I like it. I like it. it's better that way. Yeah. All right. Episode 196 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer. 
for nearly an hour. We already recorded it. And it's awesome. It is awesome. He's he's the man. Uh, just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more